0: Okay, I got a question for y'all. Do y'all love me? Say you love me. Okay, okay. All right, I'm good to go. Good to go. You played right into my hands, by the way. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say some things tonight, and uh, if you guys could go ahead and lock the doors, um, I'm going to go ahead and say these things, um, and I don't, I don't mean anything harsh by what I'm going to say, and I'm going to offer you a little bit of grace at the end, Okay. But I tend to be kind of plain, and I, I want to get to the bottom line of things, and i do I do have this thing when I go and visit patients at at the hospital. I look at them and I say, if they seem a little anxious, I say, "You know why you're called the patient, don't you?" And they get this funny look on their faces, and they say, "Oh yeah, okay, I'm supposed to be patient, right?" Okay." <laughs> So, again, I I, I tend to get down to the bottom line, all right? My question to you tonight is, why do you go to church? I promised a couple of ladies not long ago, and it's remarkable how short a time it was ago, but I promised them, I said, if I get a chance to speak again here in this church, I'm going to cover that subject. Why are you even in church? Now, if I could take a poll, some of you would say, well, my mom and dad want me to go. They tell me to go to church. Um, Well, you know, there's this real cute girl, and, you know, we kind of got this thing going on, and she goes to church, and so, yeah, it's, you know, I want to go to church. Um, Well, they're having tacky sweater tonight, and uh, I'm going to compete in that thing, and I'm going to win that $30 prize. There are even men, and I've heard heard men say this. They say that they come to a church to network. That is, they like the associations that they build in that church, and they use it for purposes, not for the kingdom, as I see it. So why should we come to church, and what should we expect to do here? Well, let's go to scripture. Connie, would you give me my first slide? Well, you know there are 10 commandments and all of them are important and all, of, all good Jews knew that they were all important, but they thought that they would trick Jesus and said, well, rabbi, teacher, what is the most important one? And so he began this little dissertation and he, they, again, they ask him what's the most important commandment? All right. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. That's the first one. If you are a believer, then this is what you must do. Okay, that's important. All right, go on, Connie. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. There's two things here. Where am I going to love God? This is a good place to do that, right? Now, I can do that at home. I can sit, watch TV, listen to some gospel music, and love God. I can praise God where I am. Can I do the second at home? It's not likely. I know some people who are good friends of ours who do not attend a fellowship, a church, anywhere and they say, oh, well, my wife and I, we have, we have our church at home. That's the first one. They're following the first one. What are they doing? And Jesus said the second one is equally important. At home, they do nothing to help anyone else. They might build their spirit up. I mean, that might encourage them to help somebody tomorrow. Tomorrow. But for that particular time, it does nothing to help anyone else except their spouse, who they should be lifting up anyway. All right? So we have an admonition. We're supposed to love people. Who is our neighbor? You know the whole story. The rest of the story was, and somebody said, well, who is my neighbor? And then Jesus told about the man that was in need and how the good Samaritan came along and helped him. So, the person that we need to love is anyone in need. Truthfully, who is that? It's everybody. Everybody. Everyone has a need, some more than others. All right, give me the next scripture, Connie. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So, if we do those two things, we have fulfill the commandments, or we've done the essence of the commandments by doing those things. Everything else falls into place. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. All right, next scripture, Connie. And this is what Jesus said about his disciples, those who followed him closely. He said, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So their task was not only to love people in need, they were to love each other. And I'll ask again, what are y'all doing here? I suspect you're supposed to be loving each other. I suspect that's the purpose. You know why why I come on Wednesday night? I'll I'll be honest with you. Joyce and I love to come on Wednesday night. I love to see a meta halk. Get up and speak, speak from her heart, express her love for god and 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 tell others about her experiences, which is an expression of love. when you share how you feel and and things that you go through and how God has helped you through it, when you testify, you are sharing love with somebody else so you guys i I know you have all kinds of reasons to come here and, and I'm gonna, again I'm going to show you a little grace at the, at the end of this message about. If you had some other reason to be here, I'm not going to throw you out the back door. Okay? All right. So people should be able to look at us and the way we love each other and say, well, those are Jesus' disciples. Okay? Now, we, we in church do a lot of things. We, we have somebody get, get up and give a message, and they'll have a series. And I don't have a series. This is it. This is a series of one. But uh, <laughs> Lord knows when I get to speak again. I admit to but that's okay. That's okay. I can do them. I can do them this way. That's, that's okay. I, I'm not upset. Well, maybe a little bit. But, um, but we, do, we do series and people have wonderful messages. But, you know, as a young person, I, I, I tend to think about this and I say, how do they put all this together? This is a wonderful message about King David and how he, when he was a shepherd boy he did this and he slew Goliath and he, all these things, you know. But how do, how do we put all this together? Well, there is a method. There is a method. And that is that we come together and we learn a little bit at a time. Has anybody ever gone to school for one day and learned everything you needed to know ever no, no. I didn't either. I've had 19 years of school. I didn't learn it all in one day. I'm hard-headed. It took a while. Um, all right, so what, what method will we use to learn to love each other? Well, let's come together and let's practice that. And I'm going to speak to you guys especially about this. You know, we can be a little bit difficult to love I'm just being perfectly truthful. You know why that is for the most part? Because we don't share what our needs are. Now, girls that get together and they'll say, oh, you know, boy, I'm just worried about this test and I just don't know. And you know that guy? You know the guy that I really liked? He just paid no attention to me. And the, y'all, y'all share everything. You do. I, I see you laughing. You share everything. So you give the other person plenty of opportunity to say, I'm I'm with you, I've you know, give me a hug. I, okay, I'm with you, Let, any way I can help. Now, us guys, it's like, you know, I got this broken toe and, you know, I'm going to play ball, I'm going to play in the basketball game against so-and-so uh, next Wednesday night or th- Thursday night, Wednesday night would not be a good night, but on Wednesday night, and, you know, this is troubling me and my grades are not so good, and you tell absolutely no one. You tell absolutely no one. So what do you do? You bear that burden yourself. You don't give anybody an opportunity to practice loving you. Okay. All right? This is my word to you guys. Open up. Open up. <laughs> you you do not have to be the strong man, the king of the world, the guy who is not affected by anything. You do not. And I pray that that's what you guys do in, in your small groups, that you, you will. You, what did Scripture say? Confess to one, one another your faults. Your faults are not just, you know, things that are wrong with you. There are things that are wrong that have happened to you as well. So... Practice loving on each other. You're gonna be able to love the people of the world better if you learn to love on each other here, I promise you. So that's an excellent reason to come, isn't it? Okay, show us the next slide, Connie, the picture. Now here's a gentleman who is expressing love to a young man. Well, y'all laugh. You don't think that is an expression of love? That man really does love that young man. I promise you. This this drill instructor who is in the face of this young man is trying to instill something in him. If you've ever been in the military you know that what they do is they put you in a place and they say you will do this. They do not accept any questions, comments, rebuttals. It's there it. You can have a rebuttal, and it is yes, sergeant, or yes, sir. That's, that's your rebuttal that you're allowed. Okay. Has anybody ever seen the movie An Officer and a Gentleman? It's an older movie. Richard Gere is in it. He is a naval aviation cadet, and there it's supposedly in California, but it's, it's not, you can tell. But anyhow... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm bad about that. I look at a movie and it's supposed to be somewhere, and I say, no, that place doesn't have mountains in the background like that. So, so anyhow, but um, Lou Gossett Jr. is a drill instructor like this, and he's got a bunch of naval aviation cadets, and they're going through this rigorous training, just like a boot camp. And there's a young man who is in a mock up of a, a cockpit of a of jet aircraft. And they're practicing in a pool where they are plunged under the water and the thing turns over and they have to open the cockpit, unbuckle their seatbelt, and get out. And Lou Gossett, Jr. is one of these guys, always in the face of these people, move it, move it, move it, do this, do that, do this and that. And he's wearing a perfect uniform. He looks like the picture of Mr. Marine. And a young man is in this cockpit, and he can't get out. And it's obvious he's struggling, and he could die. And Lou Gossett takes off his hat, dives in the pool, full uniform, rescues this young man, gets out, and carries on with his duties. His most important task was to look out for the welfare of these young people. So there is proof in that movie and it's it's kind of a shock when you see it like wow he did that why didn't he call somebody else to do it no he was concerned about that young man so in this church you may hear the same message over and over again you may hear it in a different way but I promise you that in military training they tell you what they're going to tell you they tell you and then they tell you what they told you yeah I, I was an instructor in the military. Okay, next picture, Connie. You think Jesus ever got upset with anybody? Do you think he ever got in anybody's face? It says Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. They had been healing people all day. Jesus had been healing people. The disciples were there with him. They were helping him. They were probably. Holding coats and uh, helping people up, you know, when they weren't lame anymore. This kind of thing. They were there. Okay. Suddenly a fierce storm struck the lake with waves breaking into the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. Jesus was not troubled by this. Go ahead. The disciples went and woke him up shouting, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. And Jesus' reply was, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. He was probably in in their faces just like that. Here again, he had taught a lesson. He had taught it again. He had taught it. He taught it. And he reached a point where he was a little little disturbed about it. Okay. It said, then he got up and rebuked the wind and waves, and suddenly there was a great calm. I think there's more. The disciples were amazed. Who is this man? They ask, even the winds and waves obey him. I mean, if finally was getting to him he may be who he says he is the son of god repetition 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 and they finally got it we will do that in church there will be times when you will say you know i'm not sure if i want to go to church today or not they're probably going to be talking about the same story about so and so no I would ask you, please come anyway. Please come anyway. And I'm going to give you an example of this. Next picture, Connie. Uh Uh-oh. There we go. Okay. That is an air-cooled, clip-fed, gas-operated, semi-automatic shoulder weapon. I bet y'all thought that was a rifle. You know why I know that's an air-cooled, clip-fed, gas-operated, semi-automatic shoulder weapon? Because I had one. And they would not accept any other answer except that. Now, I thought about this, and the last time I touched one of those was 52 years ago. It weighs 9 pounds, has a muzzle velocity of 2,800 feet per second, and has an effective range of 500 yards. How do I know that? They made me learn it. I <laughs> I repeated it till I knew it. I will never forget it. Mine was two one two o five seven nine eight. That was a serial number on it. How do I know that? I had to know. Okay. All of that is to say that we here are going to repeat messages. You will hear messages over and over again. But at the same time, while you're hearing this message, you have an opportunity to love on each other, to learn to love other people. Okay. I pray that we are not quite like the military. And I'm going to show you another picture, next picture. See this young man? He is one of the young men that guards the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Under his right pocket is a silver medal, and that's a special medal given to tomb guards. To be a tomb guard, among other things, besides knowing how to step and how many pauses you do for this, etc. and this he has to memorize seventeen pages of poems and information about. The tomb and those who are buried there, and individuals who are buried at Arlington National Cemetery details, he has to be able to write all of that down. He has to know not just what it is, what order it comes in, and is allowed only so many mistakes. On his uniform, any item on his uniform can only be off by one sixty fourth of an inch. He goes through a 200 point inspection every time he goes to guard at the tomb. You must make 98 or better on the inspection in order to to serve that day. To add humility to what he does, no one has ever had a perfect inspection. No one. It's that critical. To, ha- to wear that badge is a terrific honor. And this young man has been through all the rigid military training, not just for this, but everything prior to that. So this young man has got it all together. However, should once you've earned that medal, you can wear it the rest of your life. However, if this young man ever gets arrested for a DUI, a felony, some serious offense. It's taken away from him. His name is stricken off the rolls. It's as, he, as if he never existed as a tomb guard. I pray that as Christians, we're, we're not like that. We err. This young man, you know, he, he's going to err likely. But I pray that, and I'm, I'm giving y'all grace here. And when I, when I talked about your reasons for coming here, you may have come here for the wrong reason, but I offer you grace today and say that please consider what I've said about learning to love each other, about listening to messages more than once about the same subject, that maybe the next time you hear it, you might learn a little something different. So I would offer you that grace. Okay. Next picture, Connie. This is a gentleman, I think the world him. I don't even know if, he, if he's still alive or not. All of this military training, I'll, I'll just give you a quick synopsis of, of it. If you're, if you're an infant, infantry man, what they train you to do is take care of your weapon. I still cannot call it a rifle. I'm just so in my system. It's a weapon. You take care of your weapon. You know how to load it. You know how to take care of it. You know how to take care of yourself. You, you know what equipment you need. Uh, you are physically trained to be able to do anything. But once, if you're in a situation against an enemy, each person is, has a defined area of responsibility. It's called a field of fire. And when you're in a foxhole and you look out there, someone comes along, sergeant, officer, somebody, and they said, okay, your field of fire is from this point to this point. In other words, you might even put a stake out there, a stake here and a stake here. So I'm responsible for this area. The guy next to me is responsible for another area. And his overlaps mine a little bit. This guy next to me knows that his life depends not only on his ability to fire and do what he needs to do depends on me too so these guys become so interdependent you cannot believe it if you ever see one of these real life military episodes where somebody gets killed in action and you see their buddies they just beyond grief you would you would know why that was They become, through training, through dependence on each other, and that's the whole purpose of all the training, is to show them what to do, but also make them dependent on each other. And I pray that that's what we do here. We all have our own fields of fire. Your field of fire may be so-and-so's classroom where you know there are people who need to know Jesus, and I pray that you would take care of that area and somebody else has got another classroom and they feel in their heart that that's what they need to do, I pray you would take care of that. I hope that that I've explained to some degree why it's important to be in church. We're not here just to, you know, sing a little bit, hear a message, maybe I get something out of it, maybe I don't practice loving on each other and and carry that in your hearts. I'm supposed to leave here tonight with the purpose of loving other people. I've got to do this. I've got to do this. Again, again, it bothers me. It bothers me when we do things and there's no explanation of it. And and if Kayla, if you've done this, I I apologize for this, but we sing a song called So Will I. Do y'all know what the words are to this song? And as you speak, a, a hundred billion galaxies are born. That breaks me up every time I sing it. There's an almighty God that loves me that's creating hundreds of billions of galaxies. And as you speak, a hundred billion creatures catch your breath. A hundred billion creatures on this earth are created by God and they're catching their breath. If the sum of all our praises still falls shy, then we'll sing again a hundred billion times. In paradise, we're going to be singing. We're going to have the opportunity to sing. A hundred billion times? Maybe more than that. And as you speak, a hundred billion failures disappear. God forgives sins all the time. I can see your heart eight billion different ways. Do you know what the number eight billion represents? All the people of the earth. Every precious one, a child you died to save. If you gave your life to love them, so will I. Like you would again a hundred billion times. Jesus would die again a hundred billion times for us. Okay. I've also got to do one other thing. I've got to tell you I'm sorry if I'm being a crybaby, but this stuff speaks to me. Okay. I got to tell you about the best Christmas present I ever got. A pair of socks. I told y'all about the pair of socks? No, Joyce, it wasn't a pair of socks you gave me. No. (laughs) I was in Vietnam. I was in Vietnam. Uh, we had at Thanksgiving and at Christmas. I'm, I'm a single young man. I'm an officer. And we had um, entertained kids from an orphanage. And it was a wonderful thing, but I didn't have any children. And I'm a little bit, we let the guys who had children at home, we let them escort the kids around, had a good time. Okay, Christmas morning comes. Okay, well, you know, if I were back home, this is what we would be doing. And I opened my door and I have a present, a pair of socks left left for me by somebody, it was called We Who Care. Somebody in my loneliness over there had loved me enough to do that, to do that. And I, 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 I still consider that the best Christmas gift I ever got. I mean, talk about love. You know, I, I have folks, I, I have parents who love me, you know, and want to provide me things. And I had maybe, maybe brothers that wanted to give me things and this and that. But somebody who is a total stranger who did Lord knows what in the middle of the night to go around, not only me, but other, other troop, troops to give them a present. With no recognition. Never been recognized. I don't know who they are. I don't know who they were. have no idea. But That that's Christianity. That is, that's Christianity, pure and simple. All right. Well, I, I pray that, that you folks have gotten my point. My point is we're supposed to love each other. All right. The grace part. That young man... If if he were to err somehow or another and lose that medal, I don't think that's right. I think he should be given the opportunity to get it back. Truthfully, that I think that's what should happen. We as Christians make mistakes all the time. We we have a life and it's on the right path, and we lose that path. But we have a God. If we ask for forgiveness who will allow us to get back on that path. Think of that. All right, one last slide, one last slide. I want you to think about this. If you think you've blown God's plan for your life, rest in this. You, my beautiful friend, are not that powerful. You cannot override God's plan for your life. You think you've messed up and you, your plan is gone. You don't have that power to do that. You do not. All right. Well, thank you for hearing what I've got to say. I felt like it was important. I hope, I hope that you you listened carefully. Thank you for that. All right. Let me pray. Let me pray. Dear Lord, I thank you that we're going to have cookies and we're going to have hot chocolate. We're going to have a wonderful time together. I just thank you, Lord, that... Um, if any of us has a message on our hearts with, that we think uh, that we need to deliver, I pray that you would give any of us strength to come forward. And uh, and, uh just pray, Lord, that you would, you would allow those that need to hear, you would allow them to hear. And I just thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy. I thank you for many, many more times like this where we can meet, we can watch each other in love and we can love on each other. I pray in Jesus' name, amen.